straight, straight from South Africa. South Africa. This is the strange and mysterious world with your hosts, Lee Straightman, William Collinson, Collinson. Welcome to uh, Strange Mysterious World. This is uh, Lee and William. We are continuing with our discussion with uh, Diana Pasulka's next book, Encounters. Yeah. Well, good evening. How's it going? Good, man. How's it going, Lee? Yeah, I like about it. Right. So where do we leave? Where do we leave off? We're chatting about book one. We're now heading on to book two. Yeah, because that's also, I mean, that's what I liked about that book so much also, because it kind of centered the thing through the ufology world that every, there was a lot of people that got upset about it. Because the, the thing about it, UFOs, like you and me know that it's not all nuts and bolts. There's like a lot of paranormal activity that goes along with these sightings, like afterwards, and it has to do a lot with consciousness. And that's where it mm-hmm. uh, kind of freaks uh, people out um, because then it's like a lot of like a sp- spiritual side to it. Well, people feel like they have a spiritual um, experience, which also, you know, you got to be careful, like what, because it could also be leading you in some direction that you shouldn't be because it could, it could there could be like you like you were saying like uh like motive, motives behind it that it makes you feel like you're having an amazing spiritual experience but it could have some kind of other motive behind it but anyway what what diana brought to it was to the, the, the because she comes from a, a, a um catholicism background she's got a phd or whatever in catholicism she's like a she lectures it or whatever and um so she brought the whole thing that you know, people were seeing these things in Catholicism, you know, and bring, bring it to the, the priest. They were seeing these entities, orbs, like, you know, balls of light, what we call orbs today. They were seeing these thousands and thousands of years ago. And then, they, you know, they were going to the priest and everything, and they were saying, no, it's just, it's, it's angels, it's demons, it's whatever. Um, you know, seeing like gray aliens, stuff like that, and, and coming to the priest, and they're like, no, that's a demon, whatever. And as you said, you know, it's a lot of the time, it probably was extraterrestrials or interdimensional beings or whatever they were. You know, but they all categorized as angels. And that's mm-hmm. what that's what the Diana, when she brought that out into the ufology world, everybody was like going crazy and I'm thinking, oh, that's not, you know, it can't be the Bible and you know, would eat de- demons and angels and stuff like that. Which I thought was very interesting how she brought that angle to it, which is really great. But also talking about the synchronicities, because in her latest book now, and she just released like a few days ago called Encounters, she she goes on about synchronicities a lot in that book, but also because she actually didn't believe in them at all. Like she didn't, you shouldn't take too seriously, just let it be or whatever. But when she was doing her research, because she was researching some a few other um, people that um, had encounters in a new new book, and uh, the one that was also a very high levelled NASA scientist was telling her about this encounter that he had. Where he woke up in the middle of the night and there was a there was a being that was just right in front of his face. He also he goes he goes by pseudonym Gray Man. And he goes by the name Gray Man because when he spoke to uh, Pasilka, he said that he hates people on social media, like showing their faces and bragging about what they're doing. He ha- he's not on social media. He he despises it. He despises having like an identity or whatever. So he got the name Gray Man. So Gray Man woke up in the night and he had this this person like this um or what do you call it, an entity or whatever, just like like inches away from his face, just looking down at him. And he got such a fright and he had such adrenaline going through him, like looking at this being in front of him. But all of a sudden he got overwhelmed with a, such a sense of love and awe for this, this person that he actually wanted to give him a hug. 
And the, the, the person said to him, well, you can't hug me because you'll hurt yourself. And, and he said, why? And, he says, and, the, and the entity said, because I've got a sword. And then he looked down like, and he could see that he had a sword. And if he actually hugged him, it would have pierced him. <laughs> and he said to this bean, the hair was glowing like light. like, And the whole room actually lit up like light. It was like the whole room was kind of, it was, this bean was glowing. And uh, and he and he says he couldn't understand why. And, he, and oh yes, and he also he felt such an awe about this this uh, entity that he had such power that he could have just killed him with his will. Like, why would he be uh, wielding a sword? Like, he just found it so weird. My, it sounds like it sounds like Michael, the 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 archangel Michael that yeah, people uh, yeah, so see quite a, a lot. It sounds so like a, that. Yeah. So that's exactly. So then Pilsuka said, "Oh, you know, you saw Archangel Michael." Okay. And he was like so shocked. He was not shocked. He was just like, oh, okay. He thought he was like she was just placating him, just being like, okay. Obviously, she's just like she's just trying to relate something for to to make me feel good about my story, whatever, and be polite. And then he went away. And then she said that then the 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 next day she went to her local church, and there was this big statue of Michael that they just resurrected in her in the in the in the courtyard, and then. She was speaking to her colleague and she looked up on the shelf and she saw another statue of Archangel Michael. All these synchronicities kept on ha- happening around her. And, um, and then, oh, yes, and also Taylor, the guy from the first book, he mm. suddenly sent her an email with like a whole lot of paintings that his friend had uh, made of Archangel Michael. And the artist actually said to him, Hey, can you please send these to Pasulka? Because I was thinking of her when I painted them. So, she started having all these synchronicities. She never believed in synchronicities. And now she's having them and she's like thinking, okay, well, this is quite interesting. Then the guy, our gray man, phones her back like a, a week later and goes like, I, I, you don't understand it. This is freaking me out what you said about Mark, Archangel Michael because I was doing a bit of my own research and like I found some videos of some pictures and whatever of him and it's exactly like the person I saw in that experience I had. And then, uh, then, then he phoned again like another week later and he said, this 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 is really freaking me out about this uh, Archangel Michael because he says he had to go to the airport and he went to the box where he keeps his passport and he pulled out his passport underneath it was a prayer card Archangel Michael prayer card and he said he didn't know how it got in there and then he he said he he, he was thinking for twenty minutes like how how did this card get to where did he even get it from he didn't even know where he got it from and then he remembered oh yes it was from his he had this friend that was psychotic, psychotically like deranged, so much so that he actually got uh, sent to like a, a prison because like he was like uh, harmful. To, he could be harmful to others. And his, the, his friend's mother phoned him and said, hey, can you please just come with me to see my son and just go pray for him? And he went there and he actually didn't, he thought he was so awkward because he's in this, this maximum security prison and like they can't get a private room or whatever. So it like, in like this like um place where all the other inmates are and now that he's got to pray for his friend and he says he's feeling so awkward and like frightened and like doesn't want to do this but anyway so he puts his head hand on the his friend and he starts praying with his mother but then it only lasted for like two minutes or whatever and then he took his hand off his friend was in so much shock that he he pulled his sleeves back and he showed that all his hair was standing on end like electricity like uh goosebumps but the hair was standing on electricity and the, and the mother was like, looked at this and started crying. And uh, oh yes, sorry, while he's praying, he says he's getting this huge, intense burning in his heart. So much so that he had to like stop because like the, the, the sensation of his heart was too intense. And that's when the electricity of his arms went up and everything. And then the, the friend actually felt better after that and like was actually doing very well. 
And uh, and then when the friend saw him next time, he actually gave him the prayer card or the, the Michael prayer card. And that's where it came from. But anyway, so that was just like a whole bunch of synchronicities that, that Bazooka started like questioning her like belief on the, the synchronicity because that was quite a lot, quite a nice uh, string of them that happened after that. Uh, that ins- that's that incident. The yeah, the synchronicities. I promise you, my brother-in-law, some time back, he was going through a bit of an issue with his wife, which they're now divorced. But uh, quite a heavy Christian didn't believe in divorce. He was like, no, you know, I've got to get a sign from God that uh, I can't divorce her. I've got to get a sign from God. And I'm saying, dude, just look out, look out for the messages. The messages are around you all the time. He obviously didn't see it. Uh, eventually kind of came through. But the thing is, you've got to be on the lookout. And I think a lot of people are blind to it. A lot of people can't see it. But when you're awakened, it's around you all the time. You've just got to follow this path. Yeah, but synchronicity. Yeah, now you say that, like I actually didn't also, it was totally oblivious to it until I started actually meditating, but like, like constantly, like twice a day, every day. For like after like a like six months, then I started noticing like so many like synchronicities, numbers that keep coming up in certain sequences all the time. Like like so yeah, as you say, you got to like you got to break your mental awareness into another state that you can actually like recognize these patterns or or, or, or signs or whatever you want to call them in your life. And uh, and so it brings me back to the thing about you know with the whole fluoride and like people, the puppet masters and all of that trying to control us that. They put us in the state that you can't actually notice these things until, you know, like you start meditating or actually doing something, prayer, meditation, whatever you want to do to break through those kind of that consciousness we've been trapped in to start seeing these things. And that's also another thing that Pasuka also brings up in her new book is also the cave of Plato because she never really because the thing is that she 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 she. In a new book, she follows a lot of like mainstream scientists, like big guys that are like and women that are like very well known in their in their field and that. And they and all of them are saying that they are getting messages from like not their own messages, it's from other uh, source of uh, like um information from, from outside source. An outside mm-hmm. source that is um and that's why they're so successful and why they all their brilliant ideas in that and there's all certain protocols that they follow, like, uh, you know, meditation. I mean, a lot of them have like a kind of, it starts as a very young age and they think it's like a normal thing until they start seeing it. Actually, you know, not everybody has this ability or whatever. So that's quite, quite fascinating. But, um, but with it, old Tyler, uh, that one, that the same pseudonym from the first book, he's in the second book. And um, he says that that's, that there's, and also he's one of the people that gets messages and um, that's why he's, he's so successful. But he says that it's, there's God, there's angels, then there's the ETs, then there's uh, people in the intelligence communities, then there's humans, and then there's uh, animals. Yeah. So, so yeah, we low in the scale. Yeah. So it's, it's the hierarchy, <laughs> and uh, and, yeah. he, and also like you see, he works for NASA and uh, all sorts of very high clearances in the, in the intelligence communities, and that for him to say something like that. And then, before you move on, well, sorry, man, before you move on, there was actually something that he mentioned in the first book about how he's actually been receiving synchronicities. The first thing is he cut coffee out completely. Yes. Uh, in the first book, he actually stopped drinking coffee completely. He was drinking water mostly. Alcohol, he dropped drastically. He would have on occasion, but not very often. And he would get at least, say, he, he said he followed an eight and one. So he'd sleep for eight hours. He'd wake up and then he'd go back to sleep for another hour. 
Yes. And then he'd spend at least half an hour in the sun. And he yes. started, after this started happening, he, would, he started getting the synchronicity. So for all you out there who want to start getting synchronicities, follow that. But I don't know how the hell you're going to get eight hours plus one hour. I, I'm lucky if I get six hours sleep. <laughs> so, uh, you know what I mean? We're just way too busy to get eight plus one. Who the hell lives at eight plus one? But anyway, uh, you know he's got many patent patents. He's he's got yeah. companies up and and air, air uh, nautical companies and stuff. And then this guy's getting eight hours plus an extra hour. I mean, geez. yeah. <laughs> Where? But but that's the thing. He's he's getting all this information from uh, outside of the. Uh, not from outside consciousness. So that's yeah. he just directs him what to do and say and stuff like that. So he does he can get it on extra one hour because then the rest of it's all dictated from he doesn't just sit there <laughs> thinking for hours like how am I gonna fix this? How am I gonna do that? How am I gonna solve this problem? How am I gonna invent this thing? How do we get that thing there? It just comes to him. But that's also another interesting thing that she says in her book is that like which also I kind of also believe quite a lot is that um consciousness is not in our brains. It's like it's 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 outside of ourselves. And yeah, we're only accessing it as like an antenna. And yeah. uh, our DNA is an antenna. We actually our DNA is an antenna. We can pick up information from outside from our DNA. 100%. Yes, and, and also that's another such an interesting thing. See that that um that she that she spoke about in the book, epigenetics. So it's basically that she was saying that uh like your or I mean there's a whole study on this that your your um DNA carries uh information and memory from your past um genetic lineage like into your ancestors or into I mean, mm. basically into wherever we came from i mean of the of, of re, um evolution is true then from even from when we were amphibians or whatever but mm. the the thing is that with epigenetics which i also found was so interesting was because i heard about the study like uh, a while ago that they took mice and they put them in a cage. They shocked the cage and they sprayed lavender on the cage every time they shocked the cage. And these mice, so eventually when they sprayed the lavender on the cage, the mice would just freak out. And then three generations of mice after that, from their babies, whenever they sprayed the lavender, they would freak out. So that somehow the memory was passed down through the, like somehow, yeah, no. somehow, that, that somehow those mice, babies, remembered that trauma. Right, mm. even though they weren't shocking the cage anymore, those mice from the lavender spray they sensed there was danger. So, and that's like, uh, so that's how they say we inherit trauma from our parents and grandparents and whatever. And this because I was been doing, I've been doing a documentary on um, past life regression therapy. You can probably do an episode on that as well. So, like, I was totally sold on the. I mean, all of my spiritual endeavors, like everything, I, you know, I've been dabbling in Buddhism and Hinduism and doing lots of meditation and, 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 you know, following lots of different movements and then and always, it always came back to, to reincarnation. And I, and I completely started believing it. The problem with that though, because I do believe in re reincarnation. The problem is if epigenetics is to be believed, the possibility that you are remembering something from a past life is not actually past life. It's a past life of your ancestor. Yes. It's passed down through your DNA. Yes, exactly. That's that's what that's what is. Uh, I've also come to kind of a conclusion about because we will do another episode on on on, on Stephen's work and 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 children that remember their their past lives and all of that stuff. Because um, I think that's for another day. So I'll just keep it short. So so you were saying that. Well, well we're talking about synchronicities and we're talking about uh, where the guys were experimenting with uh, epigenetics. 
Yeah, yeah, you said uh, with, with DNA and DNA being a receptor oh, yes, sorry, of sorry, sorry. so so to, to come back here, so consciousness is out of ourselves and we just like um we 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 antennas that we actually get in this um like our our feeling of who we are and whatever is actually outside of ourselves and we are just antennaing it into ourselves and that's how we and that's why I think through meditation and prayer and rituals and stuff you can actually access more of that and uh and she she was saying that that's all wisdom is out there. I mean, there's a lot of like there's a lot of philosophers and everything that believe this, and you can you read about it all over the place. But and so we can actually in we can actually access so much information that's outside of ourselves and like you know knowledge and things. You just got to find like some kind of way to get get to it. And that's where that one AI lady that she, that uh, she was interviewing uh, or she's researching that has had these experiences of downloads and stuff. And that's why she thinks she's so successful in the AI company. In, a, in this AI company, she says that it's actually just a, a natural thing. Like she says, AI is a natural thing, just like language and writing and, uh, you know, all of those are natural. Us building AI is a very natural process and it's part of what our evolution should be. And it's also quite funny because you hear Joe Rogan always go in about like, yeah, that's that's why he thinks that's us like going from the word, the caterpillar to the worm because like we, like how you know how ants just build an ant mound. That's probably what we put on. We earth beings are like, you know, that's what our purpose is. We just like the ant builds the ant mound, we, and they don't even know what they're doing. We just building AI because that's actually what our next existence is. But this AI. What is so? What so? Sorry, what are you trying to say? So are this uh, this chicky? Is she trying to say that our evolution is from human being to become artificial intelligence? Yes. That's what she's saying. Really? Also, 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 she says that that artificial intelligence will get so sophisticated, it will be able to access this sphere that's as the intelligence out there, that information. So, like, we could get that anyway through, like, if we do, I don't know, twenty years of meditation or some kind of breath work or listening to vibrations or whatever, we could tune into it. We can tap into it because they, she was saying that there is a a natural internet that you can tap into through natural ways, but. Uh, but there's also the, the the artificial one, and we're going in that way because we can't. We we're not reaching the one that. Well, we only certain amounts of us are reaching that natural one. But now, so it's like a hack. It's like a hack. It's a quicker way of getting to the higher dimensions, yeah. if you want to call it. Yeah. Yes, I'm I'm worried about that. Well, I, I I don't know. It's like if you're relying on machines. To take you to now we're going back into the bloody we spoke about it i think in the first one uh, we talk about terminators and stuff if we're relying on machines to take us into the future and we're not relying on ourselves we are heading in a pathway where i think might be not great but, but Shit, you, i don't know because I, I think you're right i think look i think there's there's a difference between uh artificial because i don't know if the landscape that this thing might be taking us might be a completely out of the spiritual realm into the artificial intelligence, into the artificial realm where we think it's actually reality, but it's not. So almost like going back into the matrix where yeah. you're sitting now in, in this very holographic reality where we probably are now anyway, and we're not actually learning what we're supposed to be doing. So we've actually gone off the path where we're supposed to be following, where it's the natural spiritual development. Because remember, uh, Julia was telling us that in 1997, hey, I love how this stuff all leads back to everything we've been discussing. Back in 1997, uh, there was that massive light that came through into our universe, and people were, were had the ability to wake up. So people are waking, but I think they're waking in a wrong direction. But, but it's almost taking us somewhere where we're not supposed to be going. 
I'm worried. That's what else I'm worried about is because they're getting these downloads to get to get this artificial intelligence going. It's like it's probably mm-hmm. some kind of entity that's giving them this information to lead us in the wrong direction. So she's probably being controlled and manipulated to go on this AI mission, and 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 it's being completely orchestrated from entities and and uh, that's uh, that are not in our control to like but manipulate us in that direction. And that's also why. And, and I mean, if we can access this stuff naturally, we just need to figure out how to do it naturally. Then we don't even have to need the internet and things like that. You know what I mean? So, and I mean, I've had some now we know, experiences we from know, education that, that I know it's possible. We know the agenda now, Will. They're pushing us to AR. That's that's the agenda. That's the main agenda. They're pushing humanity to AR, artificial intelligence. Now, let me ask you a question. You are an initiate in the modern mystery school. Do they teach you and I don't expect you to reveal how it's done. Do they teach you in the modern mystery school how to get to that spiritual enlightenment where you are able to access those higher planes without needing? So yes, meditation is part of it, prayer is part of it, one of the situations. But can you get there without any artificial means? So what I'm asking is you've got binaural beats. Binaural beats is artificial, unfortunately. But like the, but the shamans use drums. The shamans use drums and yes. Like okay, so that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like binaural, like a modern binaural beat sort of. All right. So sure. I don't know. There's a but but no. But the thing is, like, okay, with the modern mystery school, like the, even with gurus and 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 uh, and um, yogis and that, it's like you know meditation and uh, rituals and prayer can take you like so far, unless you did extensively and like go, you know what. And also maybe if you, you, you've got some kind of natural kind of way that you were born or born into this earth or whatever that is more advanced than other people, then you can be further along. But like with, with a yogi or like a guru or like a, if you get initiated into a modern mystery school, it's like a it's like a jump start. It's like it's almost like a they're passing on like a like a knowledge, an energetic like it's like you know, if you meditate for like for for 10 years. And but if you go to a guru and you sit with him for like three months, he can like he can share that energy or like it's almost like getting a jump starter on a on a on a car like that jump starts you. So it, it gives you a boost to get there. So instead of energy for ten years, now you've got that in like a few months because you've been jump started by a yogi because he's like he's like he's initiated you or still passed on this like kind of um this an energetic like wisdom or knowledge or healing the, or the, the path you've been shown the correct path instead of flailing around in the dark you're not sure what the hell you're doing you've got someone that's able to show you the yeah, correct yeah, method of getting there it, quicker mm. but it's also like a trans it's a transfer of like energetic or energy or or, 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 or like a onto you that um and that's also in Pazuka's new book she also mentions that also like with the whole UFO thing the people that actually really know what's going on it's actually been initiated, you get initiated into it because it's none of it's written down. It's called a pencil up approach. So they all get initiated into this, um, into the, the what's really going on without any written documents. They're all in meetings with their pencils up and um, and it's and it's um, and it's like a transfer of knowledge, but just through through word of mouth and not through reading stuff. And then she goes into a whole deep thing about how um that like even in Socrates and Plato was against writing in the in the past because they they said it's the technology of writing will introduce forgetfulness into the soul of those who learn it they will not 
practice using with their memories because they will be put so that we try that we put too much trust into the writing and not actually absorbing yeah. the knowledge like so well and then they think they know it's like gnosis like gnosis means you you really know something and not just parrot like a the parrot like you yeah like you can read about chocolate your whole life but like if you haven't tasted the chocolate you don't already know what chocolate is yeah correct that's what and you might also get misinformation i mean you might read something and it's a completely different message that you've just read something that and you think it's oh, okay he means this where in actual fact he actually meant that yes so you've exactly. completely you've gone so far away from the actual meaning exactly uh, with the writing that's yeah okay and that's why in secret societies that's and 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 and, and, and mystery schools it was always passed down by word of mouth so mm. you could experience it and you could know it fully and engage with it and, and not actually just read it in a book instead of intellectualizing you, you would actually experience it um and then you would actually know real the real gravitas of what's been taught and not just like a parrot that you and also look to... i think that i think i think there's a difference between communication verbally and communication verbally with action so if i just go and tell you uh you know you need to go and do this that next thing i haven't shown you how to do it it's just a it's a verbal communication i can guarantee you two generations down the line you've probably lost you've lost it you actually don't know you're, you're the second generation down actually has no clue of what you're doing. But I think the, the difference here is that even though it might be verbal, because I know you, you know you get that broken telephone story where you talk, you discuss something, and then by the end of the discussion, you've got something else completely different. I think that with regards to the verbal thing, I think it's verbal and action. So if you get taught yeah. how to do something and you get shown how to do it and you actually follow the process of this actual whatever it may be, and then you pass that on and you do the same thing. I think that is the way to do it. I, I, so yeah. I think with the mystery schools and with whatever it may be, the the, the mysticism or the, myst the mystic things that happen in the world and people get past the knowledge, I don't think it's just a plain old communication. I think it's the, it's the actual process of how to do something and how to unlock an ability or unlock the understanding or the knowledge via certain processes it's not just the verbal discussion on how it's done i think that's that's yeah, my opinion yeah that's 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 totally correct yeah geez so what are the other things in this book that uh i found quite interesting was i guess so that also sorry so that also just brings me to uh, uh another thing about uh was was she goes on a lot about plato's cave and um also i mean i you know i've also like when i heard about plato's cave i, cave, I never really knew I mean, I really knew. I really didn't take it. I took it for granted, you know. But like, what's after what's been happening over the last three years, and also from you know, like a, a, you know, countless years of meditation and stuff like that, and 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 starting to see kind of like a uh, like a bigger picture of things. I mean, that's why everyone's so angry because they don't they're not experiencing life like fully. They, or, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying like at all that I'm experiencing it fully, fully, but it's like a I am a lot more aware than I was like a, a few years ago. Was like you know, I was experiencing everything with these donkey blinkers on, and that's why I mean, people on social media and that they're getting so angry about these small, stupid little things because they're looking at the world so narrowly and like looking at so like they they're not narrow-minded. They're not open-minded. Narrow-minded. Experiencing things that are so much more important and so much more like all inspiring than these stupid little things that we're all looking at on social media and, and bickering and, 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 you know, fighting about. Mm. That's what, like, Plato's cave. She keeps on going about Plato's cave. And it's like, yes, there is, 
like you know the plays this cave like everyone's tied up and they seen the puppets like the the shadows of the puppets on the wall and that's what everybody's experiencing but then there's this whole world outside there that no one's like and there's something keeping us just watching the, the puppets and not keeping us in the sh- shadows because that's what all you really know what reality really is and so one of us breaks free and sees like a bigger picture or something else that's so amazing and they come back to tell everybody and then they that person gets totally discredited like murdered you know like <laughs> platformed like they just get like totally like um annihilated and want to get killed or whatever i mean like and throughout the whole ages not just what what's just been happening in the last three years and it's like and she says there's something that is keeping us like in the state of plato's cave you know like through social media everything like mm-hmm. she also explains it like there's a, a, in a book that you know the cell phones it's it's, it's about it's a it's a weapon it's like a it's a it's a weapon of like of mind um diseases into the minds of everybody and it's been it's a social control and uh um it's like a weapon that and that, and that the that that you know people in higher elitist status are using against the public to keep us all dumbed down angry and and in in this in our Plato's cave so uh so she goes on about that and then also another thing I found was was uh synesthesia she she interviews like a lady that's that uh is talking about synesthesia now when I first heard about synesthesia I thought like okay you know what it is it's just the it's the academic world finally coming to the party realizing that psychic abilities are real and now they have to call it something that that uh that makes it not sound woo-woo or psychic you know like all of a sudden, you know, like every like the people that held the narrative of the UFO thing, all of a sudden when they came on and they told us, okay, it is actually okay to talk about the UFOs now, but now we're going to call it something different so that we can talk about it, you know, and they call it UAPs. So that's what I kind of thought was happening in the academic world. It was when people started coming, seeing that, okay, psychic abilities and things are real, and now we can, because the academics are telling us that we can talk about it now, let's just label it something else and call it synesthesia. But what actually synesthesia is, is that when people see like a, a like they hear a sound, they see it as a color, or they or they or they feel like a, a burning sensation, and they hear it as music. So they're getting their like senses wired wrong, you know, or not actually wrong. It's actually quite a it's actually a gift because people have extremely good memory and stuff like that when they have synesthesia, and it's quite a, it's like a thing that's it's um you know been documented and it's a thing in psychology now that's called synesthesia and. Um, you know, people have this, uh, it's actually, I consider it a special ability. But now there's a scientist that she was talking to in a book that's actually showing that how she can actually get babies to to start actually learning this thing. So she says that if you stroke a baby and you play it a certain sound, it'll start the brain, because the ba- baby's so open to all of its senses, it can't actually put them in boxes yet. So like now if it's feeling something and hearing a certain sound, it'll, it'll start like hearing the sound as the feeling. Or the feeling of the sound, or or like she'll play like the noise of crickets, and like have a certain pattern playing on the screen, and then that that pattern will will be and and the, the baby will realize that that noise that it makes a pattern, and then it can start seeing patterns in the around it. So when it starts hearing noises like that, it can start seeing like almost like sacred geometry, almost around the around, and it can pick up like kind of a psychic kind of phenomenon. Which I thought was very interesting that they're actually starting to try and teach children how to get these abilities or whatever. Yeah. So that, look, that, that that kind of brings something else through. Uh, now that you're mentioning that, um, I think we to a to a certain extent, I think we all have that ability. Well, look, we do have the ability, but I think especially with music, if you uh, you know you might have had a 
the thing where you break up with your girlfriend and then you know you get that synchronicity where you got the song that comes on the radio that says um you've just had a big breakup and it's like you're feeling sorry for yourself you know it kind of always sinks you know when you've had a bad time you've got the song that comes on the radio that seems to point at you and says hey I've had this bad time. The, the, the actual song itself makes you feel like so depressed you know what i mean so it's it's like the actual so i think this is where, what you talk about now where this comes in so where the actual lyrics are all like really sad, where the, the beat in the background are so sad and you just you start crying all the way home. You know, because it's, <laughs> it's affected you and it's affected your senses. Obviously, sensing uh, that your sense there would be like your emotional type thing. So uh, so I think we all kind of experience that, but I think it's very interesting what you're saying, that uh, they're trying to teach younglings how to access an ability that's probably innate in, in, innate in all of us w- with regards to, because you must remember we have all, we've all had it. We've, but, but you know, like I told the, you. Yeah. The, the thing is that she was actually saying that that's probably how the, like when we were like the indigenous people of scientific, like the Bushmen or like the, the, you know, native Americans, whatever that, like that, or, or like we all actually were like this, like we actually were like this before technology and everything took us away. And that's why we, We've we've completely our senses have changed so much that we we not we it, it makes us so out of tune of nature. Mm-hmm. So the synesthesia yeah. actually brings you more in nature. Like so, a bushman would hear like a maybe a cricket chirping and would see all the sacred geometry in front of him and like realize like okay, well that means that they like uh, I don't know what it's got a thunderstorm tonight or something. Yeah, yeah. So because he could <laughs> see it like uh, instead of just like kind of making a hypothesis in his head. But yeah, with the, but with the synesthesia, I mean, like it's like if you hear, if you hear like a like a, a if somebody plays a D on the piano, you would see red, like you would you would you would sense it as a color. That's that's really what it is. Like, um, okay. I mean, I don't know how much her playing crickets and, and showing patterns to baby, how much this can really work. I don't know. It sounds a bit like it's a bit stab in the dark there, but but uh, but it is interesting that they're trying to, to develop these things so that the, that you can because. Apparently, people can remember things so much better if they've got this ability to, like, if they see a number, they can associate it with a color. So, like, if they want to remember a long string of numbers, like, associating it with colors is way more effective than just seeing it as a shape. It's something like that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just, it was interesting that part in the book. Synesthesia. Okay. So, we're going to need to look out for that in the future. Synesthesia. No. But, I think we're a bit too old to be learning that stuff now, sir. So. Uh, Hopefully, with a younger generation, they can, they can, yeah, <laughs> they can, yeah, get them out of the cave at an early age. I'd play this cave at an early age. I'd like <laughs> Plato's cave. Oh, no, did, did, Plato, did Plato spend any time in a cave? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're going through some times like we're going through now. You know, well, anyway, Socrates got like murdered. Like they had to, they killed him because he was teaching people how to think, and they said that that's against the the, the church. <laughs> for people to think, so they fucking kill them. Yeah, I know. That's just pretty dark times in those times there. That, so that, that's yeah. like Plato's cave, that, man. But I think agendas have been agendas have been going around since those days, dude. There's yeah, always man. been some sort of agenda being pushed forward. What it is now, while well, we've kind of figured it out, everything's going to AI, isn't it? Yeah. Did they bring any up to the Catholic stuff again, or was it not so much? Oh, that guy, that guy, Taylor, did he actually convert? Is he a priest now or something? No, well, she actually, he, 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 like, the, they had a falling out, actually, because of Greyman. Because Greyman was from Australia. Remember Greyman, I was telling you, that had the archangel um, Michael. Uh, Experience, yeah. 
And uh, she started talking to him about it, to uh, Tyler. And then Tyler was like, where's he from? Whatever. And she's like, no, he's, he's, in, uh, he's, he's Australian. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. But as long as he's not in America, working, and she said, "No, he is. A, he is. He is Australian, working in America." And then he he was he got quite upset with uh, Diana, and then apparently they had a falling out because of that. Right, guys, uh, that's it uh, for the second part of episode six of Diana Pusukul's books. Fantastic reads, guys. We were listening to them on Audible, and I think you were, you were listening on audio books, Abel. No, Audible. Audible, yeah. So I got one on Audible as well. Get them there. Very interesting reads. Make some comments if you have. Follow us on Podbean. We are on YouTube as well. On Google Podcasts. You can find us wherever. Just check for Strange and Mysterious Worlds. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Cheers.